Our reading this morning is from Luke 10, chapter 30, verse 38, to Luke 11, verse 13. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thank you, Sue, for reading that to us. As I said at the start, if you happen to have a Bible to hand, you might like to open that at Luke chapter 10 and verse 38 and follow on as we walk through uh, this passage. One of the hazards of sermon preparation is you start off with this idea that you're going to study a passage of Scripture and then work out how to then communicate that with those people who you are speaking to. Only to find that God has other, pro other plans. 
and decides this is an opportunity for him to start to speak to you about things in your own life. And this is the time when I discovered that I had a problem with weeds. Now, just to help you understand what I mean when I say I've got a problem with weeds, many of you will know about the story of the sower that uh, Jesus told to his followers. And then he sits down with his disciples and explains to them what the four different types of soil are. And one of those types of soil, the seed fell among weeds and thorns. And what Jesus says to his disciples is, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not mature. I want to mature. I want to get to know God better. I want my faith to grow. But if I allow weeds in, that's not going to happen. Let's see what the story of Martha and Mary have to tell us about this problem. What I didn't realize was that actually Martha invited Jesus in. She was the person that initiated it. It was her house. Martha actually wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. We're told she was distracted by serving. That doesn't mean she ignored him. She wanted to listen to Jesus, but there were other things that needed to be done. I've got a house full of people. Who's going to cook the food? Who's going to get things ready? And it was at this point in verse 40 where she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, the mistake Martha made was that she believed spending time with Jesus was a good thing. Because that's my problem too. I believe spending time with Jesus is a good thing. But the trouble is, it's not a good thing. Yes, you heard me right. Spending time with Jesus is not a good thing. Before you wrestle me from the stage, let's get back to the passage and look at this conversation between Martha and Jesus. In verse 41, Jesus says to Martha, 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 the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but one thing is needed. Or necessary, as the ESV says, which I prefer. Jesus goes on to say, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You see, spending time with Jesus is not a good thing. It's the good thing. It's the one thing we need to do. It's the first thing. It's the absolute priority. And the trouble is, as Christians... 
Spending time with God becomes one thing among many that we have to fit in. And those many things like weeds get in the way. And that one thing becomes a good thing. You see, there's lots of good things we need to do. Many of us will be employed in work. We have to go to work. Someone has to pay the bills. Someone has to look after the children. Someone has to clean the house. Lots of us volunteer at youth club or maybe lead a Bible study or do other areas of service as well. These are all good things. Who's going to cook the meals? Oh, we're back to Martha again, aren't we? Cooking meals. And all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, doesn't it? We need to relax, to unwind. That box set that you're working your way through. Or maybe you're, you go out for a run or go to the gym. Or you like reading books or going for a walk. Or possibly you like... Many of us like spending your time on these things. Spending time with Jesus becomes one of those things we have to fit into all the other stuff that we do. When I was 17, I'd just become a Christian, and I got involved with a couple who were setting up Worthing Youth for Christ, trying to set up an evangelistic mission in Worthing. And we had one of the devotional times, they shared with me something that they had learnt. They're a young couple, just moved into the town with a small child. And they said what they found was when they spent time with Jesus, when they made the first thing they did in the day, spending time with Jesus, everything else seemed to go to get done. They seemed to get all the things they needed to get done even when they didn't look like they had time to do it. But yet on other days where they made that decision that actually I need to get some stuff done before I sit down with Jesus. It was on those days they never seemed to get everything done and they started to feel guilty at the end of the day as they opened their Bibles feeling because they needed to spend time with God. You see, what we hear about, what we think about, what we read, what we, what we hope for, that shapes us. That changes the way we are. It changes the way that we see the world. It changes how we spend our time, where we spend our money. Let me give you a topical example of what I'm talking about. Even before the pandemic there were real concerns about the number of young people with serious mental health problems related to anxiety. And there was a feeling that a lot of it's to do with these things, mobile phones. Because you have access to the whole of the internet 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, every second of the day, it's there for you. And because there's thousands of, of websites and loads of apps that want to grab your attention, what they do is they accentuate things. 
They tell you about the awful thing or the thing you must do or the thing you mustn't do because they're competing for your eyeballs. They need your eyeballs because the advertisers want them. So it sets the, uh, it raises your blood pressure. It makes you start to feel anxious and worried about things. And that's the concern about these phones. If you don't believe me, can I just suggest you go and have a look at the Daily Mail website one time? Just read one of the headlines on the Daily Mail website and see what it says to you. How does it make you feel? And then go on and read the article that sits below it. And what you will find is the headline is an exaggeration. It's there to grab you and draw you in. And when you get into the article, you'll find actually it perhaps tells you a very different story. But they've already got you. You're already reading the article. You're already seeing the website. But let's say we didn't spend our time on our phones. Let's say we spent our time listening to Jesus. If you've got your Bibles with you, just flick on a couple of chapters to chapter 12. And verse 22, in my version of the Bible, it's titled, Do Not Worry. Jesus says, you don't need to worry about life. You don't need to worry about food, the body, clothing, all of those things that do concern us. He says, consider the ravens. <clears throat> they don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? The next verse, verse 25, he says, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Moving on to 27 and 28, he says, Consider how the flowers grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, how much more will he clothe you? Can you see how that's a powerful counter-narrative to what is thrown at us every day through the internet, through those apps on the phone? And wouldn't we all like to live in light of what Jesus says rather than the message on here. But the real punchline comes in this passage when you get to verse 30. Because that's where Jesus says, your father knows you need them. God knows we need all of these things that we worry about. He then says, but seek his kingdom and these things will be given you as well. We're right back to Martha and Mary. It's the same point. Spending time with God is, a, is the good thing. God knows you need all of these things. All the stuff that gets us anxious and worried. But what he says to us, spend time with me. Let's jump forward in our passage to the end of what we read, to verses 9 and 10. 
Jesus says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. The problem with this passage and this, these verses are is that we misread them because of the English translation. We see it as a bit of a formula that if I ask God and I'm sincere enough and I've got enough faith and I do it persistently, God's going to answer my prayers. But that's not everybody's experience, is it? God doesn't always answer the prayers that we ask for. In fact, if you go back to the Lord's Prayer, we've just asked God for His will to be done, not our will. And in verse 30, it's about seeking His face because He knows what we need. This is better translated if we turn it round. What Jesus is really saying, because we put the emphasis in a different place, is the reason you don't hear God, the reason he doesn't answer your prayers, is because you don't ask him. Because you don't feel his presence, is you don't seek him. You don't open the door and invite him in. He's saying, this is the problem. If you want God to hear your prayers, you need to seek and ask him. Our passage ends with this statement. Which of your fathers, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who Ask him. God is saying he will be present with you. The Holy Spirit will be present with you. It's a bit like your Mary sitting with Jesus because God has given you his Holy Spirit. Let's remind ourselves of where we've come. We started with Martha where we discovered Spending time with Jesus is the one thing. In chapter 12, we're told not to worry, but seek his kingdom and leave all the other stuff in God's hands because he knows what we need. And finally, we've discovered if we ask, seek, and knock, God will give us his Holy Spirit he had offered himself to us. You see, God longs to give us his Holy Spirit. He wants us to spend time with him. He wants us to sit at his feet just as Mary did and just as he encouraged Martha to do as well. The trouble is, when we allow all the weeds and the thorns to get in the way, we become choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. 
and we don't mature. Just remember, the Holy Spirit doesn't barge in. He needs to be invited. You need to want him. You need to desire his presence. That's why you have to ask, seek, and open the door to him. Jesus didn't get up and demand Martha stop getting the food ready and spend time with him. It was when Martha engaged Jesus, he communicated back to her. And then it was Martha's choice whether she carried on cooking or stopped and sat down with Jesus. So do you want the one good thing or are you happy spending time in the weeds? As I started this message, I shared with you that um, God made it clear I had some weeds that I needed to address. And I'm not going to pretend I've got this sorted because I haven't. I have a Martha problem. Let me give you an example. One of the advantages of lockdown has been I've avoided an hour's travel to and from work every day, which gives me some time to spend with Jesus. I make a cup of coffee. I have a chair in my study. I sit down with my Bible and get ready to pray. But it's quite often there's a meeting set in earlier than I'd expected. So I open up my mobile phone and I flick through and check when my first meeting is. And then I notice there's, there's an email that I can just deal with quickly there and then because I've got a busy day. And then when I've dealt with that one, there's, oh dear, there's a problem. What's best? Do I phone them or do I drop in an email? I'll st- and before I know it, the time I had available is down five minutes. And then I decide, do I just read the passage quickly and then get on with my day? Or do I decide, actually, I've not got time, but I'll do it later on? Only to find, like my friends from Youth for Christ, the first time I find I can do it is just before I go to bed. The solution is simple. I just check my phone the night before, so I know if I have an early morning meeting and I can get up early if necessary. Because spending time with God must be the one good thing that I do. So, could it be that some of you may have problems with weeds too? I don't know your circumstance or your situation. But it might be that actually you feel disconnected from God. He may appear distant to you. It may be that you feel a bit lost. Or possibly even you're going... Is he real? Does God exist? Or it might be that you're struggling too with the anxiety, with all the stuff that's going on in the world that's just getting you down, that's making you anxious. And you long to see the world through the lens of Luke 12. Be encouraged. Both Martha and Mary loved Jesus. And Jesus loved them.
Jesus promises us, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, can I encourage you to find some time today to seek God's presence? To ask Him for His Holy Spirit and open the door of your heart and welcome Him in. Spend some time in prayer, spend some time reading His Word. And when the time is right, have a chat with him about weeds and see if there's any gardening you need to do in your own life. Thank you. Our next song um, is The Goodness of God. Feel free to stand. If you're here, please, please sing along at home. Um, We're very jealous of you. Thank you.